This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Hey, this is Steve Teal with Very Bold Radio and Podcast, and we have got part two of our interview with Rebecca Grieben. Please join me and have a great time. That was huge for me when my wow. mom, you know, she's so wise. Tinny White. Tinny's she the is wisest, so you wonderful. know. And all the women in my family have those huge stories. Like they my do? my okay. history is huge. I'm, you know, first generation American on my mom's side uh, right. from Armenian women that survived like the Armenian genocide and right. then the Israeli wars in Jerusalem and have traveled across the world and um, I'm the first woman in five generations to grow up with a dad in the home because they were all widowed so much and so they're all these like powerful wow. incredible you know widows who are facing like all the and so I was always like I'm such a wimp compared to them like it culminated in little old me in Texas the first world American who cried because I didn't have power for four days or whatever you know <laughs> But then I think about the sacrifices they made and the the generations they built to put me here, and it would be insulting in the extreme mm-hmm. not to embrace that and run with it, just like I would never want my kids not to take the gifts and the advantages Greg and I try to provide for them right. and not – like I want them to be so much better than me. I want them to be smarter than me and more successful than me and whatever that means for them and right. and bigger and less scared. I want them to be all those mm. things and I will do whatever. And so I'm like, this is the generation's building, you know, to be their Timothy, to tell their story and to be able, yeah. you know, to look out there and, and say whether you're broken or whether you're, you know, boring, he <laughs> is still going to use whatever story yeah. you have. And there's people that sacrifice to put you here in this place that you are. And there are some people that that broke broke themselves or broke you to put you where you are. And we all just have to kind of ride that out, you know, in whatever it looks like for us. Yeah. You know, which I think we're learning in high speed times right now. (laughs) Right. right, More than we ever have. But so anyhow, that's probably why you haven't heard my testimony because it's not a so I don't think it's a giant story. (laughs) So what is there kind of a story even with the mundane? I mean, was there a time whatever were you just that that kid like timothy that just grew up and just did you ever hit those road bumps were you like you know as a kid not so much like i really was always very solid i grew up uh interesting (laughs) super dichotomous because like i said my mom is armenian so i grew up um as much as possible in the orthodox tradition which was very open-minded of my dad because my dad grew up very very strict church of christ okay which is not necessarily sometimes the most open to other ideas, you know. Right. Uh, and so we went to my dad's <laughs> I love the church. Way you, said that. <laughs> you, you know, cuz I, love, cause I the... love the Church of Christ. Like for all right. its faults, man, you learn your Bible in that church yeah. and you learn to sing a cappella music. Like yeah. you can six-part harmony anywhere, right? If yeah. you grew up in the CFC. <laughs> and so we went to my dad's church cuz we were in West Texas and there were two Armenians there, my mom and my grandmother. So not wow. a big Armenian community, but my brother and I were both christened as Armenian children. Like in the oh. Armenian church in Houston by the man who ended up being the patriarch of the Armenian church in Jerusalem until he died. He knew my grandmother from when she was there. So it was wow. like really cool. He flew over and, and did our baptism oh when that church first opened because yeah. it's a pretty big church. Yeah. And so on on like Easter and special occasions, we would still go 
thing. Greg has been really open-minded. All three of our children have been christened in the Armenian church as well wow. as Armenian babies. It's a, you know, it's a really big deal I to me. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah and that's so that's cool. super cool. Um, and then, of course, you know, when you get older and you're old enough to openly accept Jesus as your Savior, then we've been baptized like in the more Protestant, you know, right. style churches. And so it was always pretty solid for me. I would yeah. say – one of the hardest times I had, probably the most dramatic, was when Luke got meningitis yeah. uh, right before his 16th birthday. I mean, it's such a horrifying virus, and it's so terrifying to have something um, just take your kid down like that. Yeah. Um, and given my background that I treat children with special needs and a lot of brain stuff, I mean, it's terrifying anytime you have brain things yeah. uh, going on. And we had, you know, it took a while to figure it out. And, um, the medical community doesn't know really how to handle meningitis a lot okay. of times. And Luke is allergic to like any kind of pain meds. So finding something to control oh his pain, he was like seizing, you know, and it's so hard to watch. And then there are long-term repercussions from that that are super difficult. And, you know, he's a teenage boy, so he didn't right. want people to know how sick he was or how sick he'd been. And it was a good probably two-year journey wow. kind of getting him back to himself. And for a while – if you look in my journals through that time, yeah. I just literally – like my only prayer is three words was just like save my baby. Oh my save gosh. my baby. Like that's all you'll see in my right. journal. And you right. know, sometimes Jason talks about if your prayers were answered, would anyone notice but you? And I will tell you for that, for at least 18 months of that two years, I was like, I don't even care. I don't yeah. even care if anyone notices. Yeah. Great from a Christian speaker and writer. <laughs> but I was just in that space where I was yeah. like – and I remember one day I finally was like, you know what, God? I was like, I'm just kind of done. Like yeah. – not with you. I believe in you, even though I'm really angry at you. But I'm mm. done, like, kind of being one of the people that's going to get out there. and Like, I don't have it in me anymore. I have yeah. to save my baby prayer. I'm not interested in anything else. I have never lived at this level of terror for this length of time. I didn't sleep for, like, a year, you know. Yeah. And I was just like, so I'm just – I'm going to be quiet. Because you kind of beat your people up. Like, Lisa Turker's stuff had just come out. She'd just been diagnosed with breast cancer. And then, you know, her – Husband and her split up, and then Beth Moore was getting pummeled, and um, mm. they'd had like a lot of other women that I follow. You know, Rachel Held Evans died shortly after that, and so I was just like, uh, there was another mm. Christian speaker and blogger whose son, during this time we were going through this with Luke, had actually committed suicide, and so mm. I was like, oh my god. So I get it, and in the Bible, it's all very victorious when your people go through all these things, and then, but I don't want to be one of those. I'm mm. going to be done. I just want a small story, and I wasn't even like. If you'll save my kid, I'll do this. Or if yeah. you don't, I won't. Like, I was like, I'm just going to be quiet now and I'm done. I feel like I'm over capacity. I'm not brave and I'm not, mm. I just don't have it in me yeah. to do this. So I'm all done. And uh, Greg was like, I don't feel like you're going to be like fulfilled or like happy back if you truly make that decision. And I was like, well, I'm not fulfilled or happy now and I'm really tired. Mm. So I'm all done here. Wow. Um, and ironically, shortly after that happened, it was about a year into us doing Luke's treatment. I had like five different churches call or email me with oh like gosh. speaking engagement requests. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't really advertise my website's not very great. I'm not good on social it's media. Good. I'm just going to hit some. Um, and so, and one of them, their speaker had dropped out like six weeks before their retreat and they got my name from someone else and they were like, literally do whatever you want. We don't even care. Send us a theme. Like we need a speaker. Could you please come? And it was just one of those where I was like, so I, it was one of those moments where I felt super seen in a season where I'd felt unseen because God was like, you're actually not done, sweetie. <laughs> and you don't get to say when. I get to tell you when. And I know you got nothing left, and I know you got nothing in you. Luckily, this first one said you could do what you want. You probably have something written. Polish it up. Get out the door. Like, it was so wow. clear, even as upset as I was, I was like, 
it would just be stupid for me to <laughs> say no to this. So I said yes to them, and it was yeah. um, during football season. And because of what the treatments we were doing with Luke and the kind of things we were doing, his diet was super restricted. Right. So he couldn't do like – pizzas after games or whatever. And so my husband and I started this thing we called ribeyes at midnight where we would have Love whatever it. football players come over after the games and we would cook them like ribeyes and broccoli and all like stuff all within the diet that Luke could have and cook for these kids, you know, because wow. it wasn't his fault. He wasn't being punished. And, right. and so we did ribeyes at midnight that night and it was a game that we had played. It was homecoming and it was literally the slowest football game on earth. And they had thrown flags every three seconds. Like halftime started at 930. Yeah, so, I remember. Remember that game? I do. So we didn't even I get do. home until after midnight. And then we cooked for these kids and cleaned. And I had to be up and dressed and out the door at 4 o'clock in the morning the next morning. I do not remember dr- that. <laughs> to wow. drive to this facility that I literally drove up, got out of my car, like went to the bathroom, grabbed a coffee. And they mic'd me. And it was the first session. And I was just... It was one wow. of those things where you're like, what did I say? Okay. <laughs> you're really going to beat me in the face with this because I said I was done. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't. And so – and I ended up – I was actually quite sick. It was pre-corona, so we weren't freaking out. I had like 102 fever the whole time I was up there. But I was – it was beautiful and it was a mm. great way for God to be like, I don't even care. This is a moment where your brokenness is not something that's going to impede what I've decided is happening here. So this is where you're going and, and this is what you're doing and – you know, say my baby is your prayer, but you also have some desires in your heart that you forgot, but mm. I didn't. Mm. So, wow, we're going to do this whether you like it or not. So fix your hair, sister. <laughs> fix your hair, sister. That sounds like a great title of a book. <laughs> fix your hair, fix sister. Fix your hair, sister. We're moving on. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wow. Well, speaking of books, um, I, I want to mention that uh, this was my excuse to have you on. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> I've wanted to have you on for a long time, but you're a contributing author to a new ebook called a path to soul rest. Is that yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So it's a devotional book okay. that's coming out for Lent, which okay. I know we're kind of, it came out and they started like the group reading, right? When all the snow and stuff happened. And so, uh, the, the woman that's in charge of publishing, it's in Nashville, which lost all their power as well. So right. we're a little behind the power curve, but we would love to have people join in. It's some really great contributing authors. Uh, the Glorious yeah. Table is a contributor blog that I write for that has just some amazing and profound and wise women I that contribute it. to this. Yeah. And so they pulled from that author pool. I'm super honored and flattered to to be counted in there, actually, to have them pull you know some of my stuff to put in the book. I think I'm like the first week in March, I think, is one of my days um, that wow. you read. And so yeah. I'm really excited about this project. And it's just a neat, like, slow down and, you know. Yeah. I think Lent kind of got lost in all this, too. Sure. Because this was all in the middle. And so you didn't even see or hear anything about it because right. we all got so crazy. And I think um, I think from a spiritual battle realm, the timing of all this is, mm, you know, we're coming into the Easter season. And right. how I don't know that we've ever been more distracted. Right, right. You know, or busy. And now even with our kids, because everybody's trying to make up what got canceled or what are we not going to make up and where are we going? And so they're they're scattered. We're scattered. Yeah. It's hard to plan anything. Right. Because we're still trying to figure out quarantine and and power. And, you know, some places are still having trouble with that. So I think this is a great way to to like reset some of that. Yeah. And even if you start later just still go through the days i mean if it goes a little no right. one's yeah no one's right. going to grade you on they don't have police if you stuck for that, on the right? right day on lent or you know <laughs> even if you read it right up after easter it's still going to be all right right <laughs> right 
Well, I'm really excited about that. I'm also excited about whenever God, you know, gives you that green light to write, start writing your books. I mean, yes. you've, you've been writing your books, but when they come into print, like your own book. So yes, thank you. What so is, one yeah. of these days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I want to say to the River City women that might be watching, I – think a great idea would be for Rebecca, you do this beautiful thing, ministry, Jingle Bell, and you give these incredible talks around Christmas each and every year. This thing's been exploding. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many women did we? had 500 we... women last time, last year, yeah. 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 That's why pretty amazing. It is amazing. And so I think you could take those you know, those sermons and put them put together them in a, as a incredible Christmas book. book. So I'm just asking River City women <laughs> or anybody that's been to Jingle Bell. I mean, that that's a good idea, right? Because that would not – I mean, that would take time, I know, yes. because you're – But there's already like some foundation. Yeah. yeah you're helping me out here, how many, really. How many talks have you, have you done? Jingle Bell, we've done eight years, I think. Eight years. Yeah, eight years. Okay. Seven or eight years of Jingle Bell. Yeah, and then um, – and, yeah. this, and this thing, so that's pretty great. A gift book, I see. Yeah. Like a gift book. Look at you. All right. I'm going to need you to help me. You probably have some publishing contacts. We'll just get this on there. We'll be talking later. You have publishing <laughs> contacts. Christian Parenting, Community Moms Blog, The Glorious Table. Uh, yeah, but uh, I'm very excited. What, what else do you feel like God is showing you or even showing you about your ministry? Or is he just like, hey, love Luke, love Drew, love Emery. <laughs> I got this. When it's time for you to write, when it's time for you to speak, I'm just going to make it happen. What, what does God seem to be showing I th- I think there is a lot of that. I think um but I think I there's a way that we can rest in that too much too and get a little bit, you know, okay. lazy in it. And so I don't ever want to do that, but I think um I'm a local girl. Like I love my church and my community and my town. Yeah. And so I think it, to serve locally, you know, for the girls, the the high school girls that come skillet. and do skillet. Another yeah, skillet incredible Sundays ministry you've at started. our house yeah. and I love it so much. I love that it's expanded so much, like that the younger girls groups are so huge yeah. and uh, that they're, that they're also invested and they like it and they see each other and, you know, keeping them, um, yeah. I don't know, just accountable to that, even if like their schedules are so crazy. So as they're, as they get older, you know, like yeah. I know like the sixth and seventh grade girls, their group is huge. Right. Right. And eighth and ninth grade somewhat. And, and my girls, I do the older ones now, right. 10, 11, give, 12. Give a brief description. Somebody who doesn't have a clue what skill it is. Cause okay. I think it's one of the most beautiful things that I've seen. And I see yeah. somebody watching or listening is like, I want to do that for some of my oh, church yeah, girls. So could sure. you tell us a little bit like Yeah, absolutely. It? So I started Skillet um probably seven years ago, I okay. wanna say. Um for the girls in our in our youth group to have a small group to go to. We were having a little trouble getting some of that off the ground. And so it's uh, twice a month on Sunday evenings and we I just started bring them into my home and teaching them how to cook. Yeah. Uh, Because that's a skill you need, right? Like whether you're going to end up being a billionaire CEO or like you got to cook for yourself at some point. So bringing them in and just kind of starting to do like some accountability and some faith-based discussion. Uh, Usually for at least for my crew, I write the curriculum for what we do and we kind of go through some different things. Sometimes we base it off of a book. Sometimes I – uh, one year, like we did Exodus, uh, we usually have a theme wow. for the year. Yeah, doing yeah. Exodus with high schoolers. It was super interesting, though, because yeah. they're so smart right, right, and insightful that really once you break things down to where to them it's visible, yeah. they just the, the places they go with it is just you yeah. learn so much from them. And, yeah. um, but anyhow, so, yeah, bringing them in to cook and, and doing these lessons, and I usually have them have like a text partner over those two weeks. I try to pair them up with someone who's not in their normal everyday circle. Yeah. 
because I think it's important to get used to hearing from people that are voices that you don't hear from all the time and speaking into someone you don't hear from all the time, especially now, you know, because we're so funny with communication uh, that I think it's really important to be able to have, you know, and I'm like, you don't have to be profound. You don't have to like send them prayers in King James language or sometimes you can just text somebody and be like, hey, I saw you across the hall. Your hair was great today. Like a tiny thing. Right. And and so it's gotten them all used to that, you know, and we and we've really gotten off the ground in a neat way. And so obviously this year it had to look different with Corona. Right. We haven't been Mm -hmm. able to do the cooking part. We've had to like meet outside when we can meet and do some different things. But they still are super connected. Yeah. um, And they absolutely love it. And I will tell you, doing something like this is so interesting because every year in May, I'll sit them down and say, "Okay, I want. Your favorite memory from Skillet. And a lot of times it's something really funny or something that – a recipe that didn't go well or whatever. Which they all used to be so scared to tell me when there were recipes that didn't go well. I remember one year, (laughs) like the second year we did Skillet, they made – we did like an Asian-themed dinner. Yeah. And they tried to make miso soup and it came out awful. And I had not eaten it. And so the girls are all around the table and they're all like dumping like soy sauce or like pouring it in each other's bowls so it looks like they ate it. Oh, And they're terrified to tell me – that it was terrible. And I hadn't tried it yet. Yeah. And so I walk in and every time I walk in there, they're like weeping, laughing, but they don't want to say anything. They don't want to hurt my feelings or whatever. And so finally they were like, That's Rebecca, funny. we don't want to upset you, but like, this is the worst soup we've ever had in our lives. It tastes like dishwater. Like it's so bad. And I was like, why would that upset me? And they're like, oh my gosh, she's so sweet. And I'm like, no, but what you cooked it. I didn't cook it. I'm yeah. not upset at all. I gave you a recipe. Like if it's terrible, it's because you guys are bad. It's not. And they were all done. <laughs> I was like, I'm not upset. <laughs> I didn't even touch that. I handed you a piece of paper. Do you not know how to do math? Can you not measure? Like I was, you know, teasing That's them. Funny. And so it's been a joke with us, you know, when stuff yeah. turns out. Or, but they always have a favorite memory. And then I ask them the biggest lesson uh, that they learned from Skillet. And every single one of them. And I cannot stress this enough to people, yeah. especially in this age where we're getting harder and harder to have face to face. Every single one of them says it's the hospitality and mm-hmm. feeling like they have a safe place where they belonged. Mm-hmm. Like no matter where they went to school, no matter their social standing at school, no matter if they were friends with these girls before, mm-hmm. when they come into that space, mm-hmm. they feel welcome and they feel safe. And they, and all of us just cry the whole time because I'm yeah. like, this is what people want. Right. They want to feel welcome and seen. Right. And safe. And yeah, if you can do good. that, even for, you know, four, five hours a month or however long, skill, right. you know, just to give them that inside to where they know what that feels like. They know it's achievable for themselves. And then to say, go find that in your life. Like whatever you do, right. create spaces for that it's good. and go into spaces for that and go to people like that. And yeah. if you are trying to be a part of a group of people that doesn't make you feel that way, they're not your people. Mm. And that's fine. Please don't do a big announcement like these people that are like, I will be off Facebook. For, like, it's okay. You don't have to yell. You're not my people on your way out the door. <laughs> Just good. quietly exit yeah. and go to a space that's your people. Because, yeah. you know, be that space as much as you can right. for other other that's people. Good. Yeah, it's re- it's so simple. It's that's hard. Really yeah. But it's simple. Yeah. You know, we make it super complicated sometimes, I think. Dang. And it- <laughs> that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I kind of got you off track, and we'll close in a minute or two. But you're so you were also just saying that locally, I mean, your ministry, like to these girls, yeah. is very For important. For these girls, to you. it's huge. Yeah. Like to them, that space means more than if I ever get to write a book or not. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, although they all want me to make my first book a skillet book because they all want credit in it and they want to, you know, they're very into. <laughs> They've let you know. <laughs> they check on me a lot. Yeah. Well, how's the book coming, Rebecca? <laughs> That's great. Um, but no, and just the local space, like, you know, Jingle Bell, the reason yeah. I 
am so excited about it is because when we do Jingle Bell, I would say 60% at least, if not more, of the women that come to Jingle Bell don't go to River City Church. Right. Explain. Give the quick summary. Again, River City Church, they know what it is. Yes. Give so quick, quick summary, summary of, of Jingle Bell. We started this as our Christmas event, and it is uh, this fabulous event where our hostesses host a table. Eight yeah. to ten women per table. They decorate these tables gorgeously. Yeah, they're, they're really so cool. Beautiful. They're really cool. Yes, yeah. I do not do a table. I would never do it. <laughs> that is not my gifting. Um, I'm not allowed to touch the tables, but uh, <laughs> they, but they love me anyway. And so they decorate a table, and then they invite like whoever. Yeah. And we put the word out. It's open to all women of New Braunfels, um, and we usually do like a pretty good size auction and yeah. some raffle stuff as well. And then we pick a. A local organization. Generally, we try to do one that revolves around like kids or foster systems. Yeah. That's super dear to my heart, and yeah. and uh, and so we try to we give a percent of the proceeds there. It's a Jingle Bell is pretty much a self sustained event, so we Jingle Bell pays for itself. Yeah, uh, we don't ask the church for a ton of money, and we just have a dinner and yeah. worship, and um, I do like a Christmas message yeah. of some kind. That's um, oh, yeah. luckily they have everyone's still enjoying. So as long of as they course. do, I'll keep doing yeah. it. And um, the day they don't, we'll go find someone <laughs> with a good story to come on up there. And and we just invite people and women from all over New Braunfels and actually surrounding. We had yeah. uh, people from Austin and San Antonio start coming in, and sure, it's just this great night. And that's the feedback we get at Jingle Bell too because of the environment because of the hostesses mm. who are incredible mm. because of the way we have it set up that's the feedback we get from jingle bells they feel really comfortable they yeah. feel really welcome even people that maybe aren't comfortable in church yeah they're like it's just a very non-threatening non-intimidating and that's hard because you know women get intimidated to go to events where there sure. are a lot of women sure yeah and um so well, i any, say that like i know that yeah but you I, know I, I you have you. you have daughters and you have a wife you know you hear yeah. you know it does yeah. get a little bit intimidating and so yeah. to do an event like that where we're comfortable and welcomed are some of the adjectives yeah, you get i just really i'm so proud of our team and i'm so proud of our our hostesses and uh, the people that donate like a lot of the people that donate the big prizes to raffles again they aren't necessarily people that are associated with river city yeah. but they they've heard of jingle bell and they and they like the fact that you know we give back to you know connections or some of the foster angels and those kind of things that um it's just been an incredible gift we were devastated not to get to do it this year so we did it as a hybrid event where we streamed the material um and then we did small groups if hostesses felt comfortable in their homes kind of doing some small groups and that was pretty cool Uh, we actually had people from all over we had people like up in connecticut and stuff watching it so it was really pretty awesome yeah yeah to get to do something like that and so we'll um and, you know, some people were like, ooh, I like this so much better. So wow. I think the face of events has changed. I think hybrid events are kind of going to be the way of the future, even okay. when the country opens back up. Okay. And now that we all kind of had to figure out that technology, that perhaps, like, that'll be something yeah. like if you want to come in person, great. And if you've decided you don't like people anymore, then please stream <laughs> it into your living room. Like, however right. it works for you. Right. You know, that's – I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Okay. That's going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. I need the people. So right. I'll be back in the rooms with the people. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. That's good to hear. Well, thank you so much for coming and, and for sharing your me. heart, your joy, your humor, your your insights. Just really appreciate it and just, just so beautiful. She mentioned her website. It's RebeccaGreven.com. RebeccaGreven.com. 
and uh, has some of her blog materials, and you know that that's going to be a good place to stay up on what's going on with her. But also she's on Facebook and Instagram. Usually if they look up The River Chick, are they going to find you? Or? Yeah, The River Chick's the name of the blog. But I oh, think, oh, okay. But I think if you look up The River Chick, you'll still find – Okay. Like I'm linked in there somewhere. Like Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Rebecca Grieben, you're going to find her. We like cheering people on that have these special gifts and talents. And you may feel like you're watching and you don't have a special gift or talent, but you do. Because if you're loved by God, he's given you his Holy Spirit, and he's given you something to do that only you can do. Just like Rebecca was talking about with her testimony, like if it's not flashy or whatever, your testimony is for someone, mm-hmm. something that you've gone through, something that you're going through now, something that you will go through, will be used to help somebody else. The comfort that you're going to get from somebody else, maybe it's from someone like Rebecca when she speaks, or maybe it's from a friend that just listens. The same comfort that you're going to get, you're going to give to somebody else. Um, thank you so much, Rebecca, just uh, encouraging us and all the laughs and the best pre-show ever. You can reach me if you have any questions, uh, steve at verybold.com or anything on your heart or mind, or if you just need prayer, I love to pray for people. The name Very Bold comes from Paul, and uh, you know you talked about Paul and Timothy, and I just think about Paul, and I think about all the garbage. Man, just thinking about the times that he was shipwrecked, thinking about the times he was left for dead, thinking about the times he was chased out of a town, carried out of a town because they thought he was dead. And I, I promise you the next day I would be like, find me a beach. I am, I am done. And not Paul. He just goes on to the next place. And this is the same guy who just wrote about, do you understand the hope that we have? And so that's where we get the name Very Bold, because he's talking about in his second letter to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3.12. This is how we sign off. Marksman is, man, he's just on it. He's ready. When I see that finger coming, I'm like, oh, I just want to say one more thing, but (laughs) I won't. So this is where it comes from. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are Very Bold. Very Bold radio and podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com.